it's Friday night and here on Three Valleys Radio it's time for the racing show. If you're into racing then this is the programme for you. We've got it all. Top tipsters. Top jockeys. Top trainers. So make sure you make a note. Friday night's The Racing Show on Three Valleys Radio. show tonight we have mr rod millman who suddenly is a winning machine after about seven or eight seconds on the trot rod's now had four winners on the trot which is very good and we're all very pleased for him so we'll be talking to rod a bit later on in the show we've also got mr tom ward of course dave wilson's here from harlequin racing colin brown's here with all of his uh Amazing tips. Not that he did wonderfully well on weekend, he didn't, but um, yeah. swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Let's be fair. And then we've got a rather unique uh, guest as well, uh, Mr. Gary Wilcher, um, Mr. Frankie Dettori, Champions Day disaster. But uh, we've got a uh, we've done a, a long interview with Gary, and uh, I've got a little section of that attempt to for you to listen to the uh, the real thing uh, later on in the week. So hopefully you'll enjoy all of that. And um, let's get started, first of all, with, of course, as usual, all the news from the racing media with Bike Pattern. Hello, and a very warm welcome along to all the racing news, which comes from the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post, and the Sporting Life. This week, mostly from the Racing Post, and here's our first story. Queen Mary winner Quick Susie will contest the Darley Prix Morney at Dewville on Sunday, with trainer Gavin Cromwell hoping the outstanding recent record of fillies in the Group 1 will continue. The daughter of Profitable will be attempting to do exactly what Campanelle did last year in completing the Queen Mary Prix Morney double, which Lady Aurelia also achieved in 2016. Quick Susie showed blistering speed in the Queen Mary over five furlongs, bursting clear down the near side to beat the Wesley Ward-trained Twilight Gleaming by a length and a quarter, and it was always the intention to give her a break afterwards, according to Cromwell. He said, Quick Susie goes for the pre-morning. She was entered in the Phoenix Stakes at the Corral last week, but we gave her a break after Ascot, and the race just came too soon after that break. Phillies have a very good record in the pre-morning, and, on top of that, Queen Mary winners have a great record in it too, so it looks the right race for her. It fits perfectly into her schedule too. Gary Carroll will ride, and we're really looking forward to the race. She's in great form. Reflecting on the Royal Ascot win, Cromwell added, Everything went according to script. She was brilliant and didn't put a foot wrong. I actually think she has strengthened up again since Ascot and I couldn't be happier with her. Quick Susie has won two of her four starts to date, but traded at a low 1.09 in running on Betfair, when collared late by Hermana Estrella in the Group 3 Phillies sprint stakes at Nass over six furlongs in her penultimate outing. While the pre-morning is over six furlongs too, she did win her Corral Maiden by a wide margin in May over that trip. And our next story is also from the Racing Post. Willie Mullins reports Soldier to be in fantastic form, but faces an anxious wait to find out whether the Galway Hurdle winner will make the cut for the £500,000 Skybet Ebor on Saturday. Soldier is 8-1 co-favourite with Paddy Power, alongside Livia Dream and Sunny Boy Liston, but is currently number 29 on the ballot, so he's not guaranteed a run, with a maximum of 22 entering the stalls. It will be a nail-biting few days for Mullins before he finds out whether his dual Grade 1 winning hurdler will make the line-up. Mullins said, Soldier is great, he's in fantastic form, and has come out of the Galway hurdle in great order. I'd love him to get in, but I think it's going to be very tight. There are five horses with the same rating as him, so we're going to need a bit of luck. 
Mullins still has eight entries in the e-ball, but MC Muldoon, Rhea Poor, Burning Victory, Royal Illusion and Baby Zeus look unlikely to make the cut. With a mark of 110, tax for Max certainly will, as should the 105-rated Mount Lanester, who just needs two to come out. Mullins added, I don't think anything below Saldia has a chance of getting in. Tax for Max has a very high rating and he's guaranteed a run. He's still a maiden over hurdles, but I think he'll, he's progressing nicely and he ran well at Galway. We had the Ebor in mind for a while for Mount Leinster too, and he seems very good. I'm really happy with him. Mount Leinster is a 16 to 1 shot with Paddy Power, while Tax for Max is available at 25 to 1 with the same firm. The same price as Sesenta went off when winning in 2009. And that remains the trainer's only success in the Ebor. He was ridden by Gary Carroll to foil a monster plunge on the Aidan O'Brien-trained Changing of the Guard, who was backed all the way into 15-8 to but lost by a head. Mullins also intends to run Stratum in the Group 2 Weatherby's Hamilton Longsdale Cup at York next week and reports the Queen Alexandra winner to be in great shape ahead of that date. Stratum is in the York team and will head over for the Lonsdale Cup, he said. He was very good at Ascot and seems to be in very good form at home. Also from the Racing Post. Oseen Murphy winning on a Michael Appleby-trained odds-on favourite at Chelmsford may seem like a regulation success, but this was anything but routine after drama at the home bend saw all Murphy's three opponents carried out. That gave the trio an impossible task of making up a ten-length deficit, leaving Murphy to cruise home on stable debutante Sarty. Sarty was bought out of Kevin Prendergast's yard for 22,000 guineas and made a strong start before being restrained approaching the bend on the inside away from the impending chaos. At the bend, the strong travelling independent beauty, ridden by apprentice Alid Beach, hung markedly right of the centre of the course, taking Comrade Allen's mixed spirit and David O'Meara's well-fancied tailored with her. That left Murphy comfortably clear on the four to six shot, and they eased home to win by seven and a half lengths. The disrupted behaviour of independent beauty came as a shock to her trainer Lisa Williamson, who said she broke well and she travelled well. I don't know whether it was the crowd or whatever. She's been very straightforward, so I really don't know what's happened, and I've not yet spoken to uh, Alid, but she just didn't go round the bend. The three-year-old had finished seventh on debut at Nottingham, before improving to finish third at Fosslas on Wednesday, with Williamson bemused at the behaviour of her filly. It's out of character, she said. She's galloped twice at Wolverhampton before she made her debut, so it's not like she's not been round a bend. I just don't know. She was a bit upset by the crowd before, and I just think there at Chelmsford hasn't helped her. It's a very busy and very noisy place. Murphy, beneficiary of the chaos to secure his 98th win of the season, sympathised with events when speaking to Racing TV. He said, It was a small field and it looked a good opportunity for the horse anyway, he said. We can all see that horses can be difficult to control and the leader ran off the bend. It was pretty straightforward. I was able to go the shortest route and I was on the right horse. I just didn't want to get into a speed duel. I jumped very well and luck had it that I was able to get to the rail and go the shortest and best way. No sanctions were handed out as it was judged there was no riding offence involved in the race-changing drama. And our final story is also from the Racing Post. William Haggis was winning group races like they were going out of fashion on Saturday afternoon, but his wife Maureen, who's an integral part of the operation, said she had no intention of joining him on the licence and was happy instead to collect the post-race prizes. Something she was able to do from football manager Harry Redknapp after Sacred shot clear to win the Hungerford Stakes. Red Knapp, an ambassador of Hungerford sponsors Bet Victor, was among 15,000 people on course, which was at complete odds with the corresponding fixture 12 months ago when the ex-West Ham and Tottenham Hotspur boss sported a mask as COVID-19 restrictions robbed Newbury of one of its annual highlights. Ollie Mers was booked to play after racing and the chart-topping performance on the track came from Cheverley Park's Studs Sacred, having a first outing since finishing a respectable seventh in the Thousand Guineas at Newmarket in May. 
Ridden by Tom Marquand, she had an authoritative length in hand from Lane Cash, while Njord, a Jessica Harrington raider from Ireland, finished third. Maureen Haggis, often her husband's representative on track, is said to keep on top of the way their powerful Newmarket stable runs while he concentrates on placing their horses, something he's acclaimed for. The perfect spot was certainly found for Sacred, and the existing arrangement is not going to change any time soon. No, definitely not, Maureen Haggis exclaimed when asked if the pair ever considered emulating Newmarket counterparts John and Thady Gosden with a training partnership. It's much better William takes all the blame when it goes wrong, and I just pick up the trophies. The way Sacred quickened for a stylish victory suggested more trophies might soon need picking up. She's an exceptionally talented filly, and when she won the Nell Gwynn, she looked really good, said Marquand, who has fast become another mainstay of Haggis Incorporated, which also enjoyed a group race at Deauville. Marquand continued, William and the team always believe that she had this in the tank. Jane Flanagan rides her every day at home and feels she's top class, and that was a top class performance. The keys are top of the ground and getting her to relax early. One is in the lap of the gods, and the other is up to us to get it right. On the evidence provided in the Hungerford, Team Haggis are doing a fine job of that. This has been all the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post, and The Sporting Life. Join us again, and thanks for listening. Well, that was Mike Padden with all the news from the racing media, and now it's time to see exactly where we can go racing this weekend. So we'll start. There are seven races on the flat at Sandown Park with a one o'clock start. Chester, there are seven races on the flat there too with a one ten start. York, seven races on the flat, a one fifty start. Newton Abbott, seven races over the jumps there with a two fifty five start. Lingfield on the all weather, six races on the flat there with a five oh five start. Chelmsford, seven races on the flat there with a six o'clock start. And the Curra, there are two races on the flat there at five past six. So that's Saturday. Now let's have a look and see what the computer tells us for Sunday. Sunday, there are seven races over the jumps at Worcester with a one o'clock start. Seven races on the flat at Brighton with a 2.20 start. And seven races on the flat at Sandown with a 3.55 start. So, plenty of choice. Let's hope the weather's suitable for an enjoyable day now I'm sure there are many listeners that can remember Champions Day when Frankie de Tori had seven winners on the trot it was a wonderful achievement for Frankie but for the bookmaking fraternity it certainly wasn't quite the ideal way that they wanted the day to end and one in particular was Gary Wiltshire who really really caught a cold on this one but Gary's come on the phone and he's talked to us and he's explained to us how it all happened and how things aren't quite as bad as they might seem. So here is Mr. Gary Wilshire talking to me earlier in the week. I suppose we'd better get... It's kind of the story is there waiting to be told. So we're going to have to talk about Frankie and the Champions Day, which caused a lot of problems for you, I presume. Um, you know, to start off on the first race, when you go into a situation such as that, I mean, obviously Frankie is very popular and, you know, all the housewives and all the rest of it, they get on him, I've no doubt. But, um, you know, when you when you see sort of... Was it six or seven? Seven, wasn't it? Magnificent Seven, yeah. yeah. I'll start off, AD, I'll, I'll start off with what happened that day. How there's in life, you don't know what's around the corner. No. And we was on our way to Worcester, and right. I lived at Milton Keynes, that uh, little Allwood, which is a little village just outside Milton Keynes. And we were driving to Worcester, and there was a big traffic delay at Banbury. Yeah. And when we come on the M40, and it was like it was snowed up for about six or seven miles and I thought well I'm going to miss the first race at Worcester we won't get there and I run my clerk up Pete Outen who lives in Swindon at the time and I said Pete I'm never going to get there mate and I said I'll tell you what we'll do let's go to Ascot we'll switch and we'll go to Ascot it looks a real hard card I said you know we're only at the bottom of the rails we might go and nick a few quid there like win a monkey or something which mm. in them days 500 pounds was a lot of money yeah. and he said okay then I'll turn round I turn round instead of going towards Worcester I turned the, instead of going north on the M40 at Banbury I went left finished up at Ascot 
and you know what happened there. It was absolutely unbelievable. But it was a magnificent seven. But on the first five races, I wasn't doing any harm, you know. Mm. I, I mm. thought, yeah, and then when Frankie rode the first five winners, I got caught up in the uh, what was happening, the yeah. atmosphere. And uh, I only went there. You know, I was a very small bookie. Well, I won't say small bookie. I was the biggest bookie in the country. I would have thought uh, over 30 stone at them days. But <laughs> I had lost weight since then. But uh, I only went there to win a few quid, and I got absolutely carried away. And I think going into the sixth race, when he rode the first five winners, Frankie, I said to my clerk, I said, we've got a chance here. Like, I smell, you know, I've always been good with figures and everything. Yeah. And I knew the last one was 20 to 1, Fujiyama Crest, you know. Yeah. And I said, if he wins the sixth race, we've got a chance here, Pete. I'm going to have a go. And I did have a go. You know, he won the sixth race, and I don't think we was a lot behind. I think I might have been five or six hundred pounds behind. That was all, because I only yeah. laid the sixth one night at small money. Yeah. And then on the seventh one, it opened up at four to one. And if anybody read my book, Winning It Back, it's got all of me accounts from Coles that day, how much I lost to him on that race. And I think I lost 480,000 at Coles. And the first bet I laid was 20 grand at four to one. Well, mm. if I could lay four to one or 20 to one chance, that would suit me and would suit anyone who had any idea of, you know, of figures. Yeah. And then they took three to one. Then they took two and a half to one. Then they took two to one because the big boys, the big firms, the big betting shops wanted to shorten the price up for everyone who backed it in their shops. So really and truthfully, they was lessening their liabilities. And I thought, right, I'm going to have a go here. And the last bet I laid, I think, was 40 grand at 9 or 4, and I stood it for 1.4 million in one race. Now, you know, that's a big, 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 you could imagine. Any other, I don't think there's many other one called bookmakers who's ever done that. But uh, I did it. I thought it was money for nothing. You know, I've always loved the dinner. Yeah. And I thought I was getting free dinners for life here. <laughs> and I had no, I had no intonation that yours could win because I was a racehorse owner at the time as well. And if any, David Wintle used to try my horses and Norman McCauley. And we had, if we had a horse who was a bit iffy, we always used to put blinkers on it. And yeah. I was always, uh, any horse that had blinkers, I wanted a layer. And this horse, I looked down, it had blinkers as well, Fujiyama Crest. It couldn't win, it was a 20 to 1 chance. And I was laying 2 to 1 at the end of 20 to 1 chance. So I just took it on. Yeah. The only good part of my, the only good part of the story is good job they went off on time. Because if they'd have went off five minutes later, that 1.4 million would have been 2.8 million. And I think then we all would have been in big, big trouble. But, uh, it won. I don't know how it led all the way. Frankie, best day for racing, I think. I know I've done my money, but it's done me it's done me no harm at all, AD, because, you know, I got a job with BBC. I was a BBC betting expert at Royal Ascot and Grand National everywhere with John Parrott on the TV. Then I went to Sky Sports and I was a betting presenter there. And, you know, and, and all my life, and even when I go racing now, when I go away on holiday, you'll always get someone when I'm walking along the parade, aye, aye, where's Frankie? Do you want a pizza? <laughs> you know, and that's what you get. But my life for the last 25 years, there's going to be a film. They want to do a film of it. With Ray Winston was going to play the part of me. Yeah. And, uh, and even now, like 25 years on, you know, ITV want to do something this year we're having a big night with Frankie we was going to have one in Frome last year funny enough up your way yeah yeah. Uh, Paul, Paul Starr was going to uh, was going to get it all fixed up the darts man and we, we was, it was a sellout and then unfortunately Covid's come along yeah. so we had to cancel that a night with Frankie a night with Gal and Frankie Gal being me a London n nickname for people called Gary yeah and uh, you know but it's done me no harm idea you know I love the game I love horse racing my family love horse racing now and really and truthfully people talk about that Frankie Dettori day and I'm going to say it made me yeah. and not many people would say that but you know I still go along in life with a smile and that's what the game's all about you know I'm getting old now but I still like to go out to races yeah. uh, funny enough as you're recording this I'll be on the way to market raising later on this evening racing I yeah. was at Nottingham yesterday and I'll be at Chelmsford tomorrow so it's, it's three little rides Nottingham market raising in Chelmsford they're the three days what's coming up but I love the game like you love the game you love all yeah. racing yeah. you know and a lot of your listeners would love all racing where, where you're based at and it's just great it's a great way of life you know and 
And I just think that, you know, if people can get out, don't forget we've had this situation with COVID. We've all been locked in for a long, long time, haven't we? Yeah. And now we're yeah. all coming out of it. And, you know, please God, we've all got our health. And that's what the game's all about. It's, life is not about money. It's about health, baby. Yeah. Well, there you go. That was Gary Wiltshire talking to me earlier in the week about... Uh, is uh, dealing, shall we say, with Mr Frankie de Torre's wonderful success at Ascot on Champions Day a few years ago now. So, if you want to hear the whole interview, keep an eye on our Facebook page when it'll be broadcast as an in-conversation special with Gary Wiltshire uh, later on next. Right, well now Three Valleys Radio is out on location. First of all, we're going to pop down to Columpton in Devon to catch up with Rod Milman, who is absolutely flying at the moment. Six winners in six days, which is not bad. And that was after a spell of seven seconds in about a week as well. So certainly Mr Milman is flying, but we're also going to catch up with Tom Ward at Lambourne. So uh, let's see what they've got to say. Well, good afternoon, Rod. Thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, you must be um, on seventh heaven, aren't you? Six winners in six days. Well, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, you know, the horse is running so well at the moment. Um, can't tell you why. Um, all I can say is that they're obviously well and healthy and running in the right races. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's down to the you, of course. But I mean, no, it's, it's just just fantastic the way they've been going, and 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 you know they don't show any signs of stopping. I mean, yesterday. Um, I thought the one at, uh, at York uh, for a day, I mean, he, he was up there. He didn't quite make it, but, I mean, it was a, a pretty high-class race anyway, wasn't it? Yeah, well, no, she ran a very good race, I mean, probably career best. It was a 70 grand handicap. Um, everybody had tried to find their horses to win the race. We we just had a, a few traffic problems. I wouldn't have won. I think we could have been an, another length closer with the clear run. Mm. But, um, no, really pleased with her. And her full sister ran really well in the front. Our first race at Bath, um, that was... Um, Crystal Class, was that one? No, Crystal, no, this was um, Miss Annika. Oh, right, She yeah. was third in the first race. She ran really well, so it was yeah. encouraging. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Crystal won the race at uh, Kempton, so um, I think that was her sixth win, I think, Crystal. She's been a very good filly, she has. Yeah, absolutely. And then today... She's got a big toy owners, Crystal, so yeah. um, they're very enthusiastic, yeah. and um, they've had a great time with her. Well, I'm sure they have with 12 wins. I wish I could have 12 wins in one of mine. Um, no, she's had six wins, 12 oh, owners. Six, sorry, yeah, but even so, six wins. I'd settle for that. But um, what about today? Top time at Chepstow. Got a good chance? He's got a chance. He's got a chance. He's um, he's, he's a nice little horse. He's, he's becoming well handicapped. Um, he's on the verge, on the verge of winning, I think. But, hmm. you know, if not this time, maybe next time. But he's, he's in good form. And Pride of Horridge tomorrow? Well, he won very easily last time at a uh, similar race at uh, Salisbury, but mm. tomorrow's race is a lot more more depth in this race. There's, there's mm. three or four nice horses in this race that could could make him work very hard. Yeah. And then on Sunday, Amazonian Dream, what chance there? Well, he's always been a good horse. He was the horse that ran in the super sprint, and he lost five lengths at the start. Yeah. And he's lost a front shoe, and he's still only beaten seven lengths. So he'd have been very close in the super sprint if that hadn't happened. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's a nice horse. He, he won He won last time at Newbury. Yeah. Um, he'd probably be better suited by six furlongs, but this is a five. Hmm. Um, there aren't many six furlong handicaps coming up, and um, so he's taking his chance on Sunday. Yeah, good. But uh, overall, you must be absolutely delighted with the way things, because, I mean, we had that spell of all those seconds that you had, seven seconds, I think it was, and that's six winners. I mean, overall, that is well, fantastic we've, form. We've had 29 winners now in 28 seconds. Yeah, well, that's... But at one time, it was 28 seconds and 22 winners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that that's, that's ex- it's extraordinary good form, though, isn't it? For a, oh, well, you know, when, I mean, you're not you're not a, a Henry Cecil or a or a John Gosden. You you know, you're a, you're a relatively small stable, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but to, to get that sort of figures is great. Oh well, that's right, and in handicaps as well. Don't forget the handicaps; they're not not maidens, you know. Mm, yeah, I mean, right. uh, John Gosden and, and Willie Haggis and Roger Varian, three quarters of their winners will be handicaps where yeah. they've got the the best bred horse in the race and it wins it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but of course, those horse, most of those horses only win the one race. Yeah, yeah. So tell me something, I mean, to ask you this one, I was watching the, the racing at York yesterday and uh, uh, they they went back, um, Francesca Kimani went back to the pre-parade ring and, and, you know, where they're getting the horses saddled up. Do, do trainers 
always go and saddle up their own horses at that situation, or is it just that he was being flashed because he was on the telly? No, if the trainer's there, if the trainer's there, nine, most of the trainers would saddle the horses. Right. Um, <clears throat> sometimes, if the trainer was lucky enough to win the race, he might be doing having a presentation, so his, his head lad might do it. Yeah. But um, if the trainer's there, he would usually saddle the horse. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So um, anyway, another unless, another unless weekend. It's, unless it's a really awkward horse and it's one of the sort of silver spoon trainers he probably led his staff to it yeah yeah but is it is it such a you know is it such a delicate art to do it i mean or is it a fairly yes, straight it is, yes it, it's got to be done correctly um it, it, that is one of the most important i mean saddle slipping now we run every horse with the breast girth right. um a lot of trainers don't um a lot of the new market trainers don't use it yeah now i i'd once had a horse in a quite a big race, 30,000 men handicap, and it's coming to the end. I'm watching my jockey come to win the race. All of a sudden, he stands up in his arms and, and sort of stops riding him. Yeah. Um, I, I got to I said, what's the matter? Is the horse okay? He said, yeah. He said, saddle moved. Uh, I said, well, be next jump. I said, well, so? You know, what's yeah. that got to do with it? It, you had, you, it, it, it could have gone back a lot further and it would have been fine. You'd have been okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to take a chance. So from that race onwards, I put a breast girth on every horse. Yeah. Well, well, the jockeys have confidence. The saddle's not going to go. Yeah. But there was a there was a, a good trainer lost a race at um, Lingfield last week, where his saddle went back and the jockey came off. Uh, right. I I personally think a breast girth should be part of health and safety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it everyone, the, the, some people don't like using them because they do weigh half a pound. Yeah. And they think if they get paid in a short head, if they end the breast girth on, they'd have won. Which you could you could say that. But it takes away the pressure for saddle slipping. Yeah, quite. No, I mean, it's and, um, better safe than I, sorry, I think really. it should be compulsory myself, you know? Yeah. Next week, Rod, I see you've got another one, two, three, four, five horses entered. Are, are all of those likely to go, do you think? Yeah, most of them will be, yeah. Yeah, most of them. And, and you know, Sir Plato, Mountain Ash, uh, Top yeah, Town. Yeah, well, I, 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 I've got horses here, but we've had 200 runners already. Yeah. Um... We, I, I, I train them to run. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just our policy. Um, if, if they're not good enough to win off their current handicap mark, they run until they <coughs> become competitive, you know? But not, not just that, though. But I mean, from, a, from an owner's point of view, if they've got involved by buying a horse, they want to see it run, don't they? They don't want to see it put in the stable all the time. It's no good to them at all. Well, yes, yes but you see, a lot of them get talked into having a horse with one of the big names. Hmm. I mean, some of these trains have got 350, 400 horses on their books. Yeah, yeah. And they probably have, they probably have a thousand runners. Yeah. Some of them, 800 runners, but a lot of them they don't run because they haven't got time to concentrate on them. I mean, mm. they, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of people have them in the big yards. And I think if you've got a champion, the big yards have got fantastic staff and do the job. But if your horse is only, say, a 90 horse. Yeah. Well, they probably wouldn't get the same attention they get in a, in a smaller yard, you know. What would you think would be the optimum level of horses at a yard to make it effective and and in the best interest of the horse and the owner? Then probably about eighty. Eighty, yeah, yeah. Mm. But against that, you see, what happens? The trainers with the big strings, they want to get. They're frightened to death that someone else. If they if they have the horse, it stops someone else having it. Yeah, yeah, and. If they've got, uh, if you're if you're a trainer who's getting fifty two year olds a year, the chances are you'll have ten nice ones. Yeah, and and they'll be good. Whereas if you if you if you you if the fear is if they don't if they turn one down, it goes to someone else that's good. It makes them look makes them look bad. It, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So they 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 like a big show. I mean, some of the big yards they probably have hundred fifty two hundred two year olds come into the yard a year. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big business, isn't and it? They wouldn't, they wouldn't run them, but they would come. They would be, be there to be assessed, and they would just be kept ticking over for the season, and probably sold on at the end of their three-year-old career. And a lot of them would never seen the racetrack. Yeah, yeah. But it's like you pay your money, 
you choose your trainer and you get on with it, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's lots of very capable trainers who train 50 horses. Yeah, yeah, I'm we've sure got, there are. We've got good staff and we'd, we'd, yeah. we'd, do, we'd do just as well as the big boys, you know? Mm. Well, look, but, it's right. like, but it's like watching a footballer, a footballer playing for a, a mid-season team, his players around him aren't good enough to give him the service. How good would he be if he if he had one of the top teams uh, footballers around him? How good could he make his? How mm-hmm. good could he play? You know, interesting He'd question. That better, is you know? very yeah, you know? very interesting question. That is, yeah, and that, and that's the thing, really. Mm. But um, we're, we're you know we're having a fantastic season this year. And um, it's nice to have amongst the winners, you know. Absolutely, yeah. No, well, you keep it up because uh, they've they've. Certainly... I'm off to the sales. I'm off. I'm off to the sales this week. So any anybody any keen listeners who would like to get involved in the horse, please get in touch. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. And we're talking about a winning trainer here. So my my pockets have certainly been filled quite a bit over the last week. Oh, I that's can good. Show you. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it might end soon, so better not keep, don't keep packing them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, Rod. Well, thanks very much for All joining right, us, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Okay. Thank you. Thanks bye-bye. a lot. Bye bye. Well, that was Rod Millman down at Columpton, and as you could tell, he was pretty happy with life. So uh, watch out for his runners over the weekend and on uh, Monday. Now it's time to catch up with Tom Ward at Lambourne. Well, good afternoon, Tom. Thanks for joining us on the show. Shall I put my house no on Roman Mist today? Yeah, hopefully she's got a really good chance. I mean, she's won her last two. She's in good form. Uh, it's a nice race for her. Just not the most competitive on paper. So no, I'd hope she'd have a really good chance. Well, certainly after the way she ran last time, I saw it on the TV that time, and it, it looked really impressive, I must admit. And obviously, bid is yeah. a hot, hot to trot one. I've got an extra interest in it, so uh, it's it's important. Oh, no, definitely, no. She'd have, a, she'd have a good chance, I hope. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. And Lady Dollars tomorrow? Uh, she's probably not going to run at this rate, I don't think. I'm probably not going to run a uh, all, all red flyer. They have to wait for next week, I think. Yeah, but then you've got uh, three on Sunday. What about them? No, sorry, two on Sunday. Sun, two on Sunday. You've got Farazi Lane, um, who's running back at Sandown, where he won last time, two starts back. So hopefully he can make make amends for what happened at Goodwood when he, the ground was horrid. And mm. he, um, yeah, I think I think back on nice ground at Sandown with Tom Mark on back in the saddle should be the right thing. And hopefully he's got a really nice chance. Um, and Nono Bella needs to needs to pull a finger out and get and get back on track after our last couple of starts but hopefully like I say we'll just uh, yeah put some headgear on and hope she, she pulls her finger out a bit so how does a trainer explain to a horse he's got to pull his finger out <laughs> yeah difficult I know you've got to try and try and keep them keep them wanting to do it that's the key yeah quite tell me something Tom um, I, was, I was watching uh, um, York yesterday and um see that uh, John Gosden went over and put the saddle on, I think it was Mischief at the time. Um, yeah. Is that something you do as a regular habit, or do you let your staff do it? No, so I'll, put, I'll put the saddle on at the, at the races. Um, yeah, it's just obviously it's nice to know that you can check the horse around and make sure everything's all right before they go to the races. Yeah. Put the saddle on and make sure everything's ready to go. Um, and the jockeys obviously would appreciate probably having the saddle put on properly and make sure there's no issues with that, etc. But no... Um, no, it's good. It's and, sort of a, a pre-race. If we go racing, it's a pre-race thing. Yeah, yeah. Have you been? Uh, have you been watching York? I've been. Yeah, it's been great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's very great. Great, great spectacle, isn't it? That's for sure. So uh, yeah, no, it's just been good to yeah. watch. It's been good to watch. But good. No, just... was very good yesterday, so it'll be yeah. good. Good few days to come anyway, which is good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, best of luck for the rest of the week, and let's hope Roman Mist uh, does the business tonight. Thanks, Eddie. No problem at all. Fingers okay. crossed. Well, for those of you who didn't see the race, Roman Mist did, in fact, do the business very convincingly. And that's three wins out of three, I think I'm right in saying. So, hot to trot, are having a good run. Now it's time to catch up with Dave Wilson. Well, morning, Dave. How are you this morning? Yeah, very well, Adrian. Self, so... Uh... Yeah, yeah, I'm not too bad. I certainly haven't got a tyre with a nail in it, that's for sure. No, well, uh, loose to say about that one. About lots of impressed with uh, our friends at the garage, where they're, they're not meant to be slow and they're meant to fit. But never uh, mind. Carry on. All yeah, these things are said to try us, mate. Trust me. Yes, yes. Uh, we're going to have a look over at York for tomorrow. But 
we had the four horses last week, two winners out of four, so not a, not a bad day for us. So, yeah. uh, step forward and we'll have the uh, last day of York Festival tomorrow, and we'll start with the 150 race there. And uh, the horse we like here is called Real World. It's going to be ridden by Marco Gianni, and it's trained by Stanley Binsura. Now, he was 11 to 8 this morning when we backed him, but he's uh, shortened up to 5 to 4 now already. Now, primarily, this fellow had his first five races all on the all-weather surface, and he won his debut at Chelmsford, and then he had four good runs out in Maydan, but he got beaten all of them. And then he's come back to the UK and landed on the turf, and he's won two out of two. He, he won the Royal Hunt Cup at Royal Ascot. Well, he could have won it with a cart horse behind him, and uh, he won it by four and three-quarter lengths, which is a bit unheard of in one of them big handicaps at the Royal Ascot Festival. Yeah. So, uh he then come out and he backed it up by winning again at the Newbury. Hang on a minute, Dave. Again, he... Stop a minute. Stop a minute. Right, well, 150 race at York. Uh, we're we're on the side of a horse here called Real World. Going to be ridden by Marco Ghiani and trained by Saeed Bin Sarur. He was priced up at 11 to 8 this morning, but he's shortened up already to 5 to 4. And this fellow, he had five runs on the all-weather primarily to start his career off. He won at Chelmsford before having four races in good company out in Maydan. He then come back to the UK and he's won two out of two on the turf. Now, he won the Royal Hunt Cup, easy as you like, pulling a cart horse, really. He won it by four and three-quarter lengths, which is unheard of in one of the big races at Ascot in one of the handicaps. But the thing I liked as well, he come out and he followed it up by winning the Steventon at Newbury. If he won it how he wanted, so uh, he looks to be a horse that's really going places now. He's landed back and running on the turf, and uh, I would imagine he'll win this quite nicely. And as I say, he was 11 to 8 this morning, and he shortened up to 5 to 4. And uh, we've had a big win bet on him, which is obviously shortened the odds up. So uh, that's what we'd advise for the, there in the 150 real world. Okay, fine. Moving down to the 225 race, we're going with True Courage here. He was priced up this morning at 14 to 1 with Bet365. And uh, he's going to be ridden by Dennis Hogan and trained by Michael Bell. He's won his last three races on the bounce this fellow. And uh, he, he's done it very, very easily in all three of them. The last one he actually won by three and three quarter lengths. Now, they've put him up eight pounds for that. But he's been winning in class four and class five races. And. Uh, He's going to have the £8 extra and he's stepping up in class as well. But we think this fella's got the ability to do it. And the way he's won them three races in a row, he, he didn't even get out of breath, I don't think. And uh, obviously he's in hands of Michael Bell. He's very good with his horses and they improve quite rapidly as, as they come along. And there's no reason to think that this fella's stopped, stopped progressing yet. So... Uh, I think the 14 to 1 is well worth having a nice each way bet on there. So uh, that's our selection in the 225. Two interesting, interesting you say it's 14 to 1. Uh, I'm, I'm on, um, what am I on? Racing Post uh, uh, cards, and it's 8 to 1 here. So either, either yeah. your lot haven't reacted to it, or somebody's had a bet on it or something. He's showing 14 to 1 at the moment with Bet365 and Labrooks, unless they've not updated it's... Uh, We'll have to have a look at that one, but that's yeah. what price he was when we uh, had a look at him this morning and we put our bets on anyway, so yeah, okay. uh, we didn't go too mad on him, but he should no. be there, there around about that. Okie dokie. Um, moving down to the three o'clock race, uh, the horse we like here is Primo Basio. Uh, Tom Marquand is taking the ride for Ed Walker. Uh, this fella ran a length and a half behind Snow Lantern in uh, early July in a Group 1 race over a mile. And he followed that up with a, a seventh place, but he was only two lengths behind the winner, and that was Mother Earth out in Duval in uh, Prix de Rothschild. Uh, he won a listed race over the track at York over a mile back in May, and he's dropping back to seven furlongs in this race, and I think that's going to be uh, a, a race that's going to suit him. And last time he ran over seven furlongs, he finished two and a half lengths behind alcohol-free in the Dubai Duty Free Stakes over at Newbury. Now, obviously, Alcohol Free is one of the top horses this year, and uh, I think the 11 to 4 on offer about this fellow with Mavbrooks is well worth having a bet on. And the favourite of the race, Space Blues, he's, he's not produced his best form this season, but he's only had a couple of runs, so he may well come on. But I think it's going to be a, a very good race between the two of them, but we're starting with Primo Basio in the 3 o'clock there. Right, yeah. 
Moving down to the 335, one of the big cats that we've had today as well, uh, Tribal Craft, David Probert takes the ride for Andrew Balding. Now, last time out, this fella run two lengths behind Wonderful Tonight, who was uh, second favourite to beat Snowfall yesterday. And uh, he, and behind him that day was what's called Alba Flora, who yesterday finished second to Snowfall in, in the big race up at York. So the form is very solid, class one, top top sort of form that you're looking at here and the thing is in this big race here tribal crafts only giving about four or five of them three pounds in weight and receiving a bit of weight off of everyone else and to me tribal craft with them lines of form looks to be the form horse of the race and it's, it's solid form and it, it's head and shoulders above the rest of them and i think 10 to 1 with sky bet is an absolute phenomenal price and they're paying out on eight places each way turns there so uh a nice bank for each way better for festival is 335 there tribal craft right moving down to a 410 race a horse we like here is called thunder love uh will buick takes a ride for george boffy uh had two races today both at kempton won both very very easily no idea what she's beaten in either of them races which makes the form very hard to read and calculate between the other runners but the one thing that we did know is on a debut a horse that was fourth or fifth behind him it's called hollow steel and that's come out and won two races since so obviously thunder love's got something about her and she's priced up at seven and one with sky bet at the moment three places being paid so i think it should be well worth having a an each way bet on there in that race there where we've got very little form to go on so that's a 410 race there thunder love Okie dokie. Moving down to the 4.45 now, this is a horse that we've had quite a few bets on and uh, I'm hoping it's still going to be about the price that we're going to give you. Migration, uh, we backed him at Goodwood last time out and he won pulling a cart horse. Again, uh, Will Buick's taking a ride for David Manusier. He was priced up at 5-1 to one this morning with William Hills, so we're hoping that's going to be there and he's our absolute bank better for the whole day. Now, as I say, uh, we've smashed into him already and... What we liked about this fellow is he had his two-year-old season and three-year-old season and then he had 641 days off. He came out and he ran at Salisbury and he ran an absolute blinder there. He got chopped off two or three times in running and he was still running on and he got beaten a length and a half. And then, as you say, he came out of the Goodwood Festival, first race of it, and he, he absolutely destroyed the Chesterfield Cup. He came through from the back of the field and won, won going away as easy as you wanted. Has put him up eight pounds for that run, but we think that he's going to be well within his grasp of reading that eight pounds back in off the handicapper. And as I say, he's five to one with heels this morning, and he's our best bet of the day there. So migration in the four forty-five race. Okay. Moving down to the last race of the day, the five twenty, a horse called Digital, priced up with William Hills at seventeen to two. Safi Osborne takes a ride for Kevin Ryan. Now, this filly, she's won uh, twice off his handicap mark of 83, and she did last time out as well. And she beat a good yardstick in Jojo Rabbit. Now, she didn't put up £3 for that run, but the thing to note is Safi Osborne's £3 claimer, so she's not actually going to get put up anything in the handicap. But the thing that we like, some of her two-year-old form is very impressive, and uh, she actually ran Umkalofen to half a length. Now, he's come out and won a group three, and he's also come out and run alcohol free to half length in a race. So obviously Digital's got the the ability to run to that sort of level and with Safi Osborne taking the ride in an apprentice handicap, I think it's gonna be a very very good horse to be following and uh, as I say he's priced up at seventeen to two with William Hills, well worth having a nice each way bet on there. So that's what we've got to uh, finish a day off at York for you there, mate. So, uh, well well done Dave. Let's let's hope you've got a few there. Yeah, hopefully. So uh, we can give them bookies a good old bashing again. Yeah, why not? Why not? Okay, Dave, well, we'll talk to you next week then. Thank you very much for that. Lovely. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Right, well, that was Dave Wilson at Harlequin Racing. Now it's time, of course, for the cheeky chappy as we pop up to Lambourne and catch up with Colin Brown. Good morning, Colin. Good morning, AD. How are you? Oh, pretty average, eh? How are you? Oh, pretty good, really, to be perfectly honest. I'm all right. That's okay, then. Um, yeah, I'm okay. I'm racing today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day, so pretty busy. Yeah, yeah. Making a fortune on the quiet, then. 
Oh, fortune. Absolute Abs- fortune. Absolutely, yeah. 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 There's, a, there's a lot of profit. It. Tony's taken all the X's out and done all your homework and paid the tax man, and then something goes wrong with a car, and then the printer breaks down, the computer does something. All of a sudden, profit is just <laughs> absolutely nil. <laughs> a dirty word, then, is it? Mm, no, it's okay. Ticking along, ticking along. Mm. Um, actually, though, I saw average. I, I did uh, back uh, hot to trot out the winner again yesterday. Roman missed that Tom Ward uh, trains, and Tom, as you know, comes on the show. That one quite yeah. easily going away, so that was good. So uh, I had a few quid on that, so that was all right. What price was that with Star Sports? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. It was three to one, though. I know that yesterday. Fantastic! Well done, you. That's brilliant. Mm. So you're you're back in the winner too. That's good. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, and of course, Rod Milburn has wow. been phenomenal. Have you seen his six winners he's had in the last six days? I know, he, and he was at my lot seconds, and they were hitting the post, but all yeah. of a sudden they went. They, yeah, 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 absolutely. Brilliant. Well done, mm. him. Good old Rodgers. Yeah, absolutely. So that was good. So yeah, so you know, one thing being, uh, you know, one thing being another, we were okay. So that's all right. Good. Good. Well, we've got great racing this weekend. We've got York. I'm off to Chester myself on Saturday, which is a rather long way from Liverpool, right on from um, Lambourne, should I say, just below Liverpool, right on the world, what they call it, the world. Mm. And, uh, but there we go. Got to be done. Well, there you go. There you go. Right. Well, enough of this chit chat. Where are we going first? York, aren't we? Yeah, let's start at York. And I think in the first race at York, um, I think probably Bin Zerul's horse, Real World, uh, should probably win. But I could see course and distance when a Lord glitters, even at the age of eight, uh, which isn't old for a horse, but, you know, flat horses, you know, keep going. And this horse at the age of eight is doing bloody well, excuse me, really well, um, you know, running up to form and some top-class races still. So I can see him running a massive race uh, today. So I think real world's probably the win bet, but the each way bet, sadly, there's only seven runners, will be Lord Glitters and maybe put Lord Glitters into a little uh, reverse exactor with um, with real world. OK, we will do that. Easy as that. Now, uh, York is not an easy place, and I'm sure all your listeners, if they follow racing, really know that, and you probably do as well, mm. um, because it's such, you know, you need the draw, you need the ground, sometimes goes a bit, uh, you know, just gets a little bit of a funny old surface there. There's all sorts of things that can go wrong here at um, York. Uh, so it's a tough place to win, I'll be perfectly honest. But um, in our second race, the big Melrose handicap, um, Mark Prescott runs an interesting horse here called Summer's Night. And this one, since moving up and trip, not stopped winning, really. It's won four out of his ten races. And I'd say it's got a real good chance, drawn three in the Melrose handicap over a mile and five. Now, you think we've got a long way to go in a handicap like that, but... You know, you do need a bit of luck. And uh, this one, I think, trained by, say, Smart Prescott, I don't think it'll be far away. It's for three-year-olds only. Tough old race, but I think it'll take the beating. Right. Uh, right. The City of York Stakes is a Group 2 race here today. And a really, really good race to boot. Um, some quite decent horse, you got old Space Blues who keeps bouncing back, got Sabuska that never runs a bad race, and a glorious journey up the top, but I'm going to go for Sabuska, around about 11 to 1, um, he's trained by a good trainer called William Knight, trains in Newmarket, this horse was second at Salisbury the other day, but it's also run some big races, including when third um, at Ascot, he's found the ground a bit too soft a couple of times, but he's third at Ascot to Paris Pier in the Queen Anne. That was a real good run, this horse. He won the Britannia, I think, the year before. And I think Sebastia at 11-1 looks a big price to me, um, running at uh, York on Saturday. You mentioned the Salisbury uh, second. Um, they had uh, another, uh, this Kennet Valley thoroughbreds that uh, 
own it and uh, they had Thank another you. horse and i'm just trying to think what it was called because it that absolutely romped home um at salisbury the day before so um but it's it's left me now but it was uh, it was very it impressive did. i remember you backed it with yes. star sports yeah that so, was the one that set you off with star sports scanning it getting your 25 pound free bet sticking your money down and off you went i remember yeah, yeah well that was trained by william knight as well so they must have a fairly good idea as to you know how good he is against that one so um yeah you might be right there on that one colin i think yeah i think he's not a bad price at 11 to 1 mm. the next race is the ebor as much as i think the ebor is a great race it's a bloomin' race to try and find the winner yeah. um Although, I tell you what, take note of this, it's about 8-1. to one. Tom Marquan, um, who got beaten a short head on Thursday by, in a listed race up at York by his fiancée, uh, Holly Doyle, which is quite funny, um, rides a horse called Hamish. Yeah. And Hamish is out of a mare called Tweed. And Tweed was a very good mare, and she bred plenty of real good horses. And this horse, Hamish, last ran at Royal Ascot, was forced to Fanny Logan, uh, that was in the Hardwick Stakes Group 2. That was a very good run. And Hamish hasn't run for 428 days, but he's owned by um, William Haggis's father, who used to own, what's his name, uh, years ago, um, Michael Dickinson. He had some great horses, didn't he, back in the yeah, day? Yeah, he did. Did he own Silverback? Did he own silver buck? I'm not sure. I know Horses he had first like four or five in the in the gold cup one year, didn't he? Exactly. Yeah, yeah Dickinson did. And yeah. Haggis owned one of those horses. Anyhow, what I was going to say was, this horse hasn't run 428 days, but Haggis can get one fit, and I noticed Mark Wan's riding it. And he would love to win the e-ball for his dad, um, you know, because, you know, he, he I just know he would. And... Mm. Um, it wouldn't be this big a surprise if Hamish ran a massive race. Okay. Uh, right, the Rue Stakes is a listed race for two-year-olds up there. And um, just seeing if I can sort a winner out in that one. It all looks very, very uh, competitive, to be perfectly honest. But um, I think I'm probably going to give the Rue Stakes a miss and probably move on to another race meeting because I think we've got a few good chances there okay um, fine I, I I really do uh, so where are we going to go we I think can go to um, let's just go back whoops here we go get to my tomorrow card let us go to um, Chester on the way down to Sandown Park then we'll go to Newton Abbott so at Chester uh, which is where I'm going. In the first race, the Maiden Philly Stakes looks a pretty competitive little race. Um, Mark Johnson runs a horse called Intriguing Lady. Freddie Norton rides drawn one. Probably out the, out the gates like their backside's on fire and off it'll go. But the horse that probably should win the race certainly has got a rating of 88, and that's one they've got to be. Is a horse called uh, Should Have Been More. Should Have Been More far he trains it it has had three runs and it's been beaten but it's been running in top class races and it'll probably take a bit of beating but you know Franny Norton is almost born on the track he knows the track so well and I think probably intriguing lady can improve and go and win so that's our first winner intriguing lady down there or up there should I say at uh, at the race meeting at Chester now Second race on the card, there's the Laurent Perrier QV Rose a, uh, Stakes. Um, I suppose you drink look Laurent Perrier all weekend, do you? Oh, all you the time. All the, all the time, yeah. Well, don't yeah, you then? It's good, isn't it? Well, I, 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 I do and I don't. I sometimes drink something a little bit more expensive. But, um, yeah. Yeah, Laurent Perrier. Uh, I find yeah. if you mix it with Diet Coke, it's, it's really nice. Oh, that sounds absolutely, absolutely delicious. Absolutely delicious, that sounds. Yeah. Right, what wins the second race here? Um, looks a hard one, but I'm going to go for a horse that is uh, that likes the track. He knows his way round here. Um, and I'm just sort of looking him up now. He's caught, there's a horse called Fifo, but there's also a horse called 
Revitch, number four in the second race here today. And he's a horse that could run a massive race as well here at, uh, at um, Chester. So that's the uh, second race, Revitch, but it's a very competitive race. It really, really is. Um, up at Chester in the 210, let's move along there. It's the Chester Stakes, a listed race. Um, and there's one or two here that know their way around here. A couple of course winners. Miranda's one of them. Uber cool for Jane Chapel Hyam. Her ex-husband, Peter's got a runner on the race as well. Deja. But I'm going to go for uh, Andrew Boarding's horse here. It's called Miranda. Okay. All right. Okay, one second. One second. One second. Right. Let me see. No. It's not having it for some reason. It is not recording. So, no. no. Uh, okay. Look, what we'll have to do. Uh, I'll have to play around with it, and sure. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to. I'll, I'll over. I'll, I've got the horses, so I can do that. But I won't. Obviously, better given the explanations that you did. But I don't know why. I don't what? know what's for the conditions. Um, right on to the next race. There, it's the two forty-five up there, Ch Chester. Just for the girls, this one is. And um, what's his name? Uh, runs all here. What's his name? We don't know, do we? Tom Dascom. It's won three times. This has it ripping. It's written, written by a girl called Jane Elliott. And it goes like hell, this horse. And I think it'll win here. It's called Little Miss Dynamo. So that's going to be the winner of the 2.45 here at Chester. And I'm not going to look at anything else at Chester today. I think they'll do me there. Um, that you know, I don't want a chance now. I'm trying to put up too many wins because I can't place Chester. So uh -huh. that is where we'll be, and then we'll move down to Sandown Park. It's a good race at Sandown Park, and then on um, Wednesday on um, Sunday, Sandown Park racing. They got one of those sort of art, late afternoon jobs. Typical, yeah, you know, ideal for everybody um, on a Sunday afternoon. First race five to four. How about that? Yeah. That's uh, not the best, is it? Not the best when you're working, but there we go. We don't care. We'll get along there mm. and uh, hopefully uh, find them a winner or two. Anyhow, at Sandown Park, um, first race is a five furlong race, and you always want something that's uh, drawn a little bit close to the rails, I would say. Um, and also, you know, the course and distance winner, there's a couple of them in the race. There's Sahak. <clears throat> And there's a horse called Phoenix Star uh, in the race that um, that uh, likes the track as well. Uh, ridden, ridden by uh, Lewis Edmonds, this one. It's been running quite well all year um, and going up the handicap. But handicapper might not have got hold of it yet. Phoenix Star for me to win the first at Sandown Park. On to the 1.30 here. And on Saturday... Implore can win the second race, the nursery handicap. It's trained by Gosens and ridden by Tatori. I think Implore is an improver. Won at Beverly last time out. Before that, it ran a couple of good races at Ascot and Donny. And also, it was fourth on its debut at Sandown. And that was on its debut this year. That's Implore in the 130. Um, I think you'll have a double reach for the moon and Her Majesty's colours. I think will take the um, 205 at Sandown. That's Solario Stakes. Uh, but it won't be a great price. But what I sort of tell you to do is to, or your listeners to do, is to back it in the double with um, Implore uh, because that will be a Tatori double. And reach for the moon, yeah. And back it with Implore and also at Gosden Treble here with Indigo Girl, about 7-2 to two in the Atlanta States. This filly was pretty good last year. She's only had one run this year. She's obviously had um, a few issues, but um, Gosden won't be running if he thought she wasn't um, spot on to run a big race. And here's one for you. Each way in this race at a massive price, Rosemary and Time. I tipped this up here at Sandown couple of runs ago when they were when she was um fourth or 16 at 50 to one and today again she's about 50 to one rosemary and time just to creep into the first three here at um 
Sandown Park and the 240. Um, as I look through the rest of the racing, there looks quite difficult. I don't think I'm going to get too much more involved um, with the sort of later races there. Um, I'm just having a quick look, just in case there's anything that jumps out at me that I haven't already seen. No, I'm not going to get too much more involved with the racing there at Sandown. I'm going to move... Let's have a little look at Newton Abbott because uh, that's a West Country track. A lot of your listeners might be going to Newton Abbott and might be on holiday down the West Country. They can still listen to the greatest uh, radio programme now, can't they? Three Valleys Radio. Yeah, um, they certainly Mary, can. Mary was, Mary was saying to me this week, she's always got it switched on, ready to go, 7 o'clock. She said, but you don't come on to about 7.30, she said, but I still like listening to all the banter in between and your programme. I think she thinks you're a bit of a Terry Wogan. <laughs> oh, well, I'm probably as heavy as Terry Wogan was, I suspect, so uh, I don't know. I, I would think I, I, I would think you're heavier. Um, well, you haven't but, seen me for ages, yeah. so you're not in a position to know. <laughs> I've seen pictures. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. Right, Newton Abbott, Mary. Did I, I mention to you about my solicitor last week? Oh, you did. Yeah. I yeah, I thought I had. Right. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. He's he's still very much active. Is he okay, uh, uh, Sir Alistair? Let's move on to Newton Abbott, Sir Alistair. Two fifty-five. My wife's got a share in this horse. It's called Shay Hands. It's won its last four. It'll win again. Ben Bromley, good little rider, rides it. It will win. One, two, fifty-five. Number number one, Shea Hans. It's called. You reckon um, she's right. definitely going to win? Is it? Because you've got you, you should know if you're half a owner of it. I know that won't be beaten. Won't be beaten. Right. Um, believe me, will not. How come Harry Harry Cobden's not riding it then? Uh, because that lad takes seven off, and he's got a bit of a uh-huh. rapport with it. He's been winning on it, so. Uh, he is the son of Anthony Bromley, the bloodstock agent who buys a lot of horses for nickels. Ah, uh, see, right, okay, okay. Yeah, Shay's Holmes. Yeah, yeah, Shay Holmes. Shay Holmes. On to the four forty. I'm going to have a little look at. It's a handicap hurdle. Um, quite an interesting little race. What wins it? Well. I tell you what, his horses are in great form. He had a winner at Wolverhampton. I was there this week, and that is Kim Bailey runs a horse here called Shinobi. And Shinobi, I think, can take the beating in this uh, our uh, 4.40 race at Newton Abbott. Uh, moving on to the 4... No, the 5.15 race down here. Talking about Cobden, I think he'll win this on a horse called Dogon. It's owned by Midland Park Racing. It was second to Darling Delage. That named after you. Um, <laughs> I'll ignore that one. <laughs> I know. And is a winner. So, yeah, do, do gone, or whatever it was called. Dog on. Dog on. That's the one. Yeah. I'm starting to laugh now. Right. <laughs> 550 race. Sorry. Five, sorry, listeners. I've got a bit of the giggles on it. Uh, 550 race. Um, what wins this? Um, to be perfectly honest, I don't know. So I'm going to have a quick look at the 620. I don't like races where you look down and think, do you know what, nothing stands out here. Um, but in the last race, I think we'll probably get you a winner. And the winner, I think, in the final race of the day will come from either the Colin Tizard stable, My Lady Greyer, just, just out of interest, you're a bit of mate of Colin Tizard. How come that the Tizard boys aren't now, you know, um, Colin and Joe Tizard like the Gosdens are, and Simon Crisford and Paul Cole and everybody? What, why is that then? Well, I think, as I understand it, um, that um, uh, Joe has still got to final uh, take his final exams, uh, which uh, I think he's due to do in October, from what Colin said. And I think at right. that point, it won't be so much Colin and Joe Tizard, as, as, unless I've got it wrong. I think it's more likely right. to be Joe Tizard with Colin sort of still very much a part of the whole operation, but just, just take it a, a couple of paces back. Okay, fair play. Very <coughs> nice too. Mm. Right, the lucky last to go to Nono Maestro. 
in the six twenty. Probably that that's a lot for the day. Okay, well done. You've uh, you've been working Not hard. I've been doing a bit. <clears throat> I've been doing a little bit. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay then, uh, Colin. Well, we'll uh, we will hope for some decent results from that lot, and um, otherwise we'll make sure that the rope is left outside your front door hanging, so you'll know what uh, what's going to become you. And uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Fantastic. We'll see how it goes next week. All right. <laughs> now, can listeners still this setting thing? Can they still zip their code across? Yes, they uh, can. The, the, the QR code with the um, yeah. telephone and join them. Get a free twenty-five pound bet with uh, yeah. passport. Yeah? Yes, they can indeed. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, so how does that work? Then? Well, as you just you just explained it, you you get you get an account. Yeah, you just op- open your account and make sure you have a bet for twenty five quid, and they will match it. So there you go. Sounds easy to me. Yeah, keep cracking away, everybody. And listen, look after yourself. Have a great weekend, listeners, and you have a good weekend, ladies. Lovely to speak to you. Lovely job, thank you, Colin. And we'll speak to you next week. Well, that was Colin Brown up at Lambourne with his tips for the weekend. So thank you for that, Colin. And uh, unfortunately, it brings us to the end of the show. So don't forget to look out for our exclusive interview with Gary Wiltshire, which will be next week on Tuesday evening, I suspect, at about 7 o'clock. But have a look on our Facebook page just to double-check. Uh, but because uh, you never know in the radio business all sorts of things happen sometimes and it changes as quick as it has uh, already been set so uh, yeah look out for that one it's very interesting and um, I think it gives you a completely different complexion um, on what a bookie is and how he uh, how he operates really but he's a lovely man Gary really really interesting interview so make sure you listen to that and in the meantime catch us next week same time same station